Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, May 12th. If you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week. And as always, margaritas are in order. Particularly this weekend for the moms. Happy Mother's Day weekend to all the moms out there, near and far. Um, real quick, as always, if you could, swing by the website, TomPowellJr.com, TomPowellJr.com. For all of my content, links to all my social media, uh, pictures, blog. Have not put any blog articles up this week, but I have been swamped with stuff around the house this week. So um, I'll get back to putting some articles up next week. Apologize for that. And I would like to mention a couple of companies uh, right off the bat this week. Uh, Sweet Tooth in Morris, Illinois. If you guys like old-fashioned candy shops, if you like homemade fudge, if you like going in for a, a two-scooper in a, in a waffle cone, the hard pack ice cream, go to Morris, Illinois, see Sweet Tooth. We made our first trip of the year out there this year, and as always, the place is amazing. I mentioned these guys last week, El Burrito Loco, just opened up in Shanahan. They've been open a week, I've been there twice, go figure. Uh, but great food. If you can get the El Burrito Loco for, you know, for a quick grab some tacos and go meal, excellent. And I wanted to say thank you very much to In-Case Heating and Cooling in Manuka. This guy came out quickly, diagnosed the problem for me. Um, I, I recommend if you got some, uh, some HVAC work that needs to be done, you give In-Case. That's N-Case Heating and Cooling in Manuka. I also want to say a very proud shout-out to my middle daughter, Lily Marie, who is currently on a bus to Springfield, Illinois, to speak before state legislature le- legislators excuse me, in a push to get more funding for technology in schools. She is my little activist. She's also running for 8th grade class president, so... Go get them low. So what the hell's been going on uh, the last week? Right. Well, first things first. We are into May now, and May is, without a question of a doubt, our busiest month around here. Obviously, there's Mother's Day. You have uh, my eldest daughter, Magnolia Lynn. She turns 17 this month. Uh, You've got my birthday. I turned 46 this month. You've got softball cranking up. We made our first appearance at a softball field last night for a scrimmage game. And uh, Renee and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary on Monday, this past Monday. 19 years together, or uh, 19 years married 21 years together. We met in May of 97, moved in together in May of 98, got married in May of 99. Maggie was born in May of 2001. You would think that as somebody that was in the landscape industry where May was without a question of a doubt the busiest month of my year, that I might have planned that stuff a little bit better, better, but we didn't. And so therefore... You know, every family's got that one crazy, insane month. You know, for my stepmother, Jojo, it was uh, October. It was like 972 people in her family were born in October. 
that is for us. That's what May is for us. Now think about, if you will, just for a moment, the May, from about the middle of May till about the middle of June, that really busy time for us. Think about what is going to be in that stretch of time for us next year in 2019. In that stretch between the middle of May and the middle of June, the following things occur. Mother's Day and Father's Day. And I say those, I gloss over those because believe me, that's the least of our concerns for this one month stretch. Mother's Day, Father's Day. I turn 47. Renee and I celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. Magnolia, my oldest, turns 18. And she graduates from high school. And Lily, my middle child, graduates from 8th grade. All of that happens in one month's time next year. Yeah. It's, uh, that's nuts. But alas, May is our busy month, and we are into it full bore. Uh, as I said, we celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary on Monday, and <laughs> as always, uh, I figured out a way to get something wrong. Uh waitress rolls up, are we celebrating anything today? I said, yeah, it's our 17th wedding anniversary. Now, obviously I know it was our 19th wedding anniversary. Uh, the way my brain works is I take the number of years we've been together and I subtract two years and that's how many years we've been married and I had 19 in my brain and so I subtracted two years from that and spit out 17. And Renee was, no, it's 19. So the waitress was then confused and they brought over like, I don't know, like a brownie, an ice cream bowl of whatever after dinner. And like this platter that had like with raspberry sauce, happy 17th wedding anniversary. Of course. Of course, right? Got to pull that one on the 19th wedding anniversary. I got to tighten that stuff up, stuff up for the 20th. Can't have any of those mistakes rolling into the 2-0. That one ranks right up there with when Maggie was playing soccer and I ordered the, uh, uh, you know, how when you, the parents, your, your kids first start out in the sports and you get those, uh, those photograph packets and early on you go nuts and you get everything, right? You know, now, you know, we've got three kids, we're in our late 40s and it's like, you know, no, I don't need a throw blanket with my child's picture on it. Calm down. But back then, you know, you go nuts, you buy everything. And I bought the, uh, like the ba the collector's cards, the baseball cards, with all of her stats on it. And in my excitement of filling out the form about how cool she was going to think this was, I misspelled my own my own child's name, and instead of Magnolia, it was Magnolia. And so she forever has trading cards with a misspelled name on it, thanks to her own father. But I did know it was the 19th wedding anniversary. We did celebrate it. And, uh, you know, I said this on Facebook and I'll say it on here. <sighs> to everybody out there, there was a handful of people on both sides of the family. They're predominantly people that are no longer in our lives. And they're never going to make it. That's what we heard back in the day. Oh, they're never going to make it. 
they're not right for each other, they're never going to make it. Of course we're not right for each other. That's what makes us right for each other. We're opposites. Renee was a straight-A student. I dropped out of high school. Renee always feared getting in trouble. I sought out trouble. Renee never touched the sticky icky. You know, I was smoking the jazz cabbage at age 13. We're complete opposites. That's what makes us right for each other. So to all those people that said we weren't going to make it, kiss my ass. Sorry to get negative on the podcast, but every year around my anniversary, I'm reminded of those people. And you know what? We didn't stick together despite you. We stuck together because we wanted to. But you know what? Kiss my ass. 21 together, 21 more to go, minimum. Stop telling people that they're not going to make it. Let them figure out if they're going to make it or if they're not going to make it. Yesterday was a boys-only day here at the house because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Lily was on her way to Springfield, Maggie was off to school, and Renee was on an airplane for Kansas City for a work trip. So it was me and the lad yesterday rocking around the house in the morning. Uh, he was actually quite amazed that his mother was on an airplane. He was like, what is, she, you know, what is she doing on an airplane? Well, hopefully she's not getting sucked out a window. Uh, because they are flying southwest. But um, no offense, southwest. You just had, you've had a rough couple of weeks. <clears throat> I didn't tell the boy that, obviously. Everything's fine. She went to Kansas City, came back. Everything's cool. Everybody calm down. I, I, go, I wanted to mention this because I saw yet another one of these and it went viral and I know that it's not, this is not a popular point of view that I'm about to express, but um, I, I really don't care for gender reveals. I don't understand them. I know, I know you're oh, I thought those are cute, those are cute. I, to me, they're just moronic. Uh, I have a personal grudge in that, you know, our, our gender information with Maggie was wrong and that they told us she was a boy. Um, I, I just don't understand the pomp and circumstance. It, it all seems a little too, look at me, look at me. I, I just don't. You find out the sex, you tell people the sex. You know what? Take them out to dinner and have a nice dinner with them and tell them the sex if, that's, if you want to make it a special day. But do we need to pop balloons with confetti or have cupcakes with dye inside of them? Or, uh, I just don't, I, I don't know. Not a fan of the gender reveals. I'm sure everybody would just calm down on it. Once again, I know that's the old man in me coming out, but. I just never was a fan of it. Now, you know, listen, my kids could very well grow up to be the kind of people that do gender reveals, and you may very well see me posting my child's gender reveal video hopefully many, many, many years from now if it does happen. But I would encourage them not to do that. Stop being the look at me, look at me, look at me. Keep it more real than getting everybody gussied up in their finest Sunday best to do a gender reveal YouTube video. Just don't understand it. But let's put that aside and concentrate on some positivity if we can. This week, 
was the anniversary of one of the best live albums ever recorded. And uh, that would be the Grateful Dead live at Cornell, 1977. May 8th, 1977. Grateful Dead live at Cornell. It's an absolutely flawless recording. They were on top of their game at that point in time. Unfortunately, far too many years before I would find myself in the Grateful Dead fold. But, wow. If you ever wanted to try a little Grateful Dead for the first time, that's one of the albums I would point you in the direction of. It's the, uh, once again, it's the live recording of their concert at Cornell University, May 8th, 1977, and it is stunningly perfect. Get yourself a box of wine. Yeah, I said box of wine. Get yourself a little bit of the devil's lettuce. Go out on your deck. Turn on Cornell 77. You'll thank me for it. I'm sure everybody has seen what's going on in Hawaii. Holy crap. There is literally lava flowing through neighborhoods in Hawaii. Videos of lava engulfing cars, melting roads, burning down houses. First and foremost, if you're listening to this in Hawaii, and I don't know if anybody in Hawaii is listening to this, man, I hope you're safe. Get the hell away from that volcano as quickly as you possibly can. I hope you're safe. Uh, I feel bad for anybody that lost anything in this disaster. But, wow, you see memes all the time about why do I, you know, from people who live in cold weather cities, why do I live where the the air hurts my face? That's why I live where the air hurts my face. I don't have lava flowing through the streets of my neighborhood. It's primarily, you know, it's kind of like the same reason why I don't live in Florida. I don't have gators in my swimming pool. And no offense towards my Florida peeps. Mark the Tattoo Man. Lisa, my favorite uh, conservative. Kevin and Ellen. Trippy Dippy Hippies. Around the Orlando area. No offense. I just, no thanks. I don't want to live where there's gators. I don't want to live where there's flowing lava. I don't want to live where there's a desert. I think we got we have the perfect mixture here in Chicago. We get we get beautiful summertime. We have a, a a stunningly amazing fall, and then we have a deep, deep, deep cold winter. And I like that. That's just fine with me. Y'all keep the lava. I said y'all in honor of my daughter Lily, who says y'all all the time, and I constantly tell her to stop it. So now I'm going to try and say it to her until she gets mad that her dad is saying y'all, and then she stops saying it. So y'all keep the lava. Hell no. I and maybe it's me. I just don't understand it. And I'm not trying to be rude. I, I truly don't understand it. Is it commonplace to build homes at the base of an of a volcano? 
I don't understand people that build homes in floodplains. I mean, that growing up where I grew up in the Midwest and living where I live now as an adult, especially in Shanahan, where we just have, I mean, water, water, and some more water. I don't understand building in a floodplain. Um, and I, I just, I guess I just, is that commonplace? Do people typically build at the base of a volcano? If I'm looking at a home and the realtor goes, here's a wonderful four-bedroom, three-bathroom, 2,800 square feet ranch on, on three-quarters of an acre of land, and it's at the base of a volcano, it's, I'm not even getting out of the car. That's a hard pass. <laughs> it's the base of a volcano. Uh, I'm Italian. I've heard of Pompeii. All right? No. We're not buying a house at the base of a volcano. But apparently people do. And now they're losing everything, and that sucks. But, yeah, I would never live near lava. Sorry. Um, if, if you guys have not been watching Brock Meyer, season two is killing it as much as season one did. Um, Brock Meyer is Hank Azaria's creation of a sportscaster that was a legend and then lost it in the booth, went on a 10-year bender, and is trying to redeem himself. And it, it, it's raw. It is definitely adults only. Definitely. But it is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I die at every episode. Do yourself a favor and check out Brock Meyer. It's an IFC Brockmire. But speaking of Brockmire and baseball being back, as I mentioned earlier, we had our first appearance at a softball field yesterday. Lily had a scrimmage game against another Manuka team. Lily is on the Manuka Mudslingers, by the way. Uh, perfect weather. Thought it was going to rain. Didn't. Wasn't too hot. Wasn't too cold. Just a little cloudiness. And felt good to be at a softball field. Now, I'll be bitching about being at a softball field in a month. I'm not going to lie to you about that. You know, it's going to drive Renee nuts with all the softball that's going to be coming our way. But it felt good to be out there again, talking to parents, seeing the kids play. Lily's team got rocked. Uh, they're going to struggle a little bit this year, but uh, I, they're just learning to play together. They've got some new girls and it's, they're, you know, they're trying to gel. They've been working on it over the winter. And uh, it's going to take some time. But it was nice to be back at the field, see the parents, throw some gossip around, have some fresh air, you know, get out of the house. That's the changing of the seasons I'm talking about. That's the nice part about it. You know, now we come out of winter and we're back at the softball fields. Um, our local meteorologist here in Chicago on uh, WGN in the morning, her name is Morgan Kolkmeyer. She, she was asking earlier today on Twitter, am I the only one that thinks fashion, 90s fashion for women was cool? It got me thinking for a minute. Well, you know, I, I met my wife in the late 90s. So I was trying to think back to uh, 
the rest of the 90s fashion for women. And I got to be honest with you, uh, I had to look up some of this stuff. I mean, I was in high school at the beginning of the 90s, the very beginning of the 90s. Uh, actually, no, I was just fresh out of high school. I was just, yeah, getting out of Linton at that point in time. Spent that early portion of the 90s bouncing back up to Chicago and then hitting the road working for a carnival and then following the Grateful Dead. That chewed up five years between going back up to Chicago and then two, a couple of years on the road with the carnival, a couple of years on the road with the dead. And then I got into landscaping. Um, so my knowledge of 90s women's fashion, I didn't realize this until Morgan posed this question on Twitter this morning, is, uh, is extraordinarily skewed because the first half of the 90s, it was basically... Uh, tie-dye t-shirts and jean shorts with a pair of sandals. So, in regards to that 90s fashion for women, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, I, I don't know what women were wearing in the 90s. I wasn't around them until the late 90s. Once I got off the road traveling with the dead and I started working for a car, or started working in landscaping, excuse me, I was so busy busting my ass landscaping in those first early few years. I, there was no dating scene back then. There was just, you know, the guys hanging out partying. And then I would hit the road and travel in the wintertime. I would landscape from April to November, and then I would get laid off, and I would head back down to the Gulf Coast. And, I, you know, we would knock around the Gulf Coast from Florida around to Texas all winter, and then make our way back up in March to get hired back on in April and begin working again. So, yeah, that's kind of weird, is it not? That I, there's an entire decade of women's fashion that I have no, no knowledge of because I wasn't around them. It's kind of bizarre. I remember the 80s fashion. Stuff was kind of nuts. A little kooky. And the fashion today... I don't even know what the fashion today is. What is the fashion today? Is it uh, yoga pants, Uggs, and a hoodie, right? I mean, is that basically it? Or is it, as the comedian that opens up, oh, I forget his name now. Who is the guy that opens up for Sebastian Maniscalco? He said that the, he, he, did, he did a bit about his wife getting together with all of her girlfriends, and they all had those shirts on where the, uh, the shoulders are showing through the sleeve. You know, he wanted to know when that became the, the uniform for all women. I guess that's the big fashion nowadays. Was was mom's jeans, was that the 90s fad? Was it mom's jeans? I guess it's extraordinarily possible. Somebody will probably comment on whatever post they found this in. Um, real quickly, I wanted to mention, I haven't mentioned in a couple weeks, I've been on a hell of a weight loss plateau. I've been still doing my routine every day the way I'm supposed to and watch, watching the calories the way I'm supposed to. I'm doing everything the right way. There was a few days there where we ate out where I probably went a little bit above my calorie intake, but only a few days. I've been in this plateau for a couple weeks. As tends to happen with a massive weight loss attempt. But, nonetheless, I hit the 45-pound mark today. Excuse me one moment. <coughs> Terribly sorry. 
Once again, this is not a professional podcast. This is supposed to be like us sitting on the deck bullshitting. You get the point. Anyway, I hit the 45-pound mark as of this morning, and it uh, feels good. It feels good. Um, I've been hitting my end-of-month marks every month, so I still feel positive. The plateau has not discouraged me. My um, June 1 mark is um, 275. I'm at 283, so I got some, some work to do in the second half of May, but I also, it's warmer. I'm going to be able to get outside a lot more, so hopefully we make that happen. Sorry for babbling about my weight. I was kind of proud of that. I wanted to mention it. I also wanted to mention um, that the the companies are all officially formed. This, what you are listening to right here and now, is officially a production of the Powell Entertainment Company, LLC. That is the new entertainment company that we have formed, Renee and I, um, in addition to a couple other companies for our real estate ventures that we have formed and our, our master company. But the, uh, the entertainment company portion of the show is formed. Um, and that, like I said, once again, that is the Powell Entertainment Company. And uh, I'm kind of excited about it. It's the entity through which I'm going to be doing the podcasts as well as the entity through which I'm going to be running the blog and the website, and uh, the entity through which I will be publishing my books. Basically, anything I do under my name in a public manner is going to run through the Powell Entertainment Company. So I'm kind of excited that we got that. Um, In the books. Speaking of the book, once again, as you guys know that have been listening to the show... My first book is coming out, and the, the anticipation, the, the target is ahead of Father's Day. We're taking the cover art photography last weekend in May. The book is done. The book is edited. Um, the book is actually uploaded into the publishing site, and... Uh, ready to go. We just need to get the cover up. So I'm kind of excited. Once we get the photography done at the end of June, I'll be able to upload everything, give it one final look through, and uh, be able to uh, actually get it out to you guys available and ahead of uh, Father's Day. That book is called A Grateful Life. The Life Story of a husband, father, and taco-loving deadhead. I'm going to, from time to time, I'm going to pick random excerpts from the book to just read to you here and get you kind of an idea of, you know, the feel of the book, if you will. Um, I'm going to read you one small portion today of Chapter 7, which is entitled... My Thumb in the Air and the Wind in My Hair. Chapter 7 covers the years I was just talking about. The years that I traveled working for a carnival. 
followed up by the years that I traveled following the Grateful Dead before I got into that. That's the time period between leaving Linton, Indiana and eventually getting into landscaping here in the Chicagoland area. <clears throat> so this is just a small excerpt from that. Sleeping was always in a tent. I had a little tent that collapsed down enough to be fastened onto the outside of my hiking backpack, which would spring into shape once you threw it into the air. It was the perfect little two-person tent for life on the road. While between shows, we would frequently look for lighted billboards along a highway to camp under, as it provided us with good lighting under which we could sit up and shoot the breeze. I was fond of Motel 6 billboards because it reminded me of the old commercial, We'll Leave the Light On For You. A little sleeping bag and a rolled up coat made for a comfortable bed on the road. Life was just much simpler then. To quote Metallica, wherever I laid my head was home. Once again, that's just one little paragraph out of one chapter. It's no, no big deal, but I wanted to just throw a little excerpt out there. I will from time to time throw you little excerpts on the book. <clears throat> and uh, more so when the book is out and available for purchase. Uh, the book will be available in paperback, ebook, and hard co- hardcover form initially, and I'm hoping that by midsummer slash late summer, I have the audiobook version completed for you guys as well. Um, that's about it. We're at the half hour mark, and I'm trying to keep these shows at a half an hour for your Friday afternoon drive home. Um, once again, have a great Mother's Day weekend. Spend some time with the family. I'll be going to my mother-in-law Diane's house. Everybody will be gathering around. Um, enjoy your Mother's Day weekend. Get mom something. Kids, I know you think it's stupid, but moms do love the, the homemade stuff you make at school. That's all I got for this week. Check in with us next week. If you want a free... Tom Powell Jr. Show sticker. Instagram, Facebook, find me, send me a message, give me your mailing information. We'll send it out to you right away. As always, stay grateful and enjoy a little bit of the Friday song. <laughs>